From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. I have a, uh, a good friend who is a huge consumer, I guess I would say, a consumer of radio. Loves all kinds of radio programming, listens occasionally to this program and some other talk radio shows. But predominantly, he's a classic rock devotee, as am I. And uh, he collects rock memorabilia. So I asked him, uh, I said, what's on your Christmas list this year? What do you want Santa to bring? I'm thinking, you know, he wants a Stratocaster or, uh, you know, he wants a, a Les Paul guitar signed by Les Paul or something. He, I mean, he's at that level of collecting. You know, he goes to auctions and spends a lot of money. What do you want for, from uh, Santa? He said, I want to find a really good shower radio, which is, I think, you know, a little retro. They've been around for probably about 30 years. He wants a shower radio. But I was reminded of uh, an observation from Jerry Seinfeld, who said, you know, do you really want music in the shower? I guess there's no better place to dance than a slick surface next to a glass door. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Good luck trying to find a shower radio. That's all I've got to say. But, but people are stressed with uh, with shopping and filling the uh, the Christmas list, of course. I can only suggest... That what you try and do is keep it simple and take it back to basics. I mean this seriously. The mighty Aphrodite and I don't, uh, we don't buy each other gifts. Haven't for quite some time. Uh, and good old Saint Nick takes care of uh, North and Zach with a little help from Yaya Vula and Grandma Serrett. Other than that, there's really no shopping uh, to be done uh, in the Serrett household. No frantic, last minute uh, running around. Keep it simple. Let's get back to basics. You know what I'd like for Christmas? For anyone close to me who's listening, a nice fresh pineapple. That's right. That's all I want. A pineapple. That's it. But, uh, but for many, I guess Christmas is, it's like a freight train that's barreling down the track, the polar ex, the uh, polar express, I guess. And if you get caught up in that materialist view of it, it can be rather daunting and ominous. The shopping and the in-laws and the preparation. If you're not careful, if every, Detail isn't planned just right. You you fear it's going to somehow come off the rails in some horrible cataclysmic event, leaving you and Christmas in a tangled wreck. And that is not what the uh, the season is about. So don't get on that train, friends. A nice, fresh pineapple. And uh, maybe a chance to curl up with the family and watch Alistair Sims say, can you forgive an old fool who's had no eyes to hear and no eyes to see all these long years? Something else coming at us, like a freight train, and this might be far more ominous, according to uh, some. It's Planet X, perhaps. Although, according to my next guest, Planet X, or Nibiru, heading our way, but certain individuals... Certain organizations like NASA don't want us to know this is coming down the pipe, and so they've disguised the arrival of Planet X, or Nibiru, as a comet. You've probably heard about Comet Ison, which we were told late last month, supposedly, was swallowed up as it passed the sun. So, we're about to uh, separate fact from fiction with a, uh, an interesting gentleman... I just recently met. Let's call him an independent researcher. He's also an attorney residing in Germany, where he's up very early 
to speak with us, and we're very uh, pleased that he has uh, done that. And a uh, good pleasure, or a great pleasure, to welcome Stefan Stefan Grossman to the Conspiracy Show. Hello, Stefan. How are you? Hello, Richard. Can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. It's like you're in the next room, my friend. That's wonderful. It's an Great honor to be on your show for the first time. Thank you for having me. Actually, you put my mind a few minutes ago in a mode of distraction because since you've mentioned that, I've been thinking of where will I get a piece of pineapple from now? <laughs> it's just good, nutritious. It's a superfood, and that's you know that's all I, that's all I want uh, on my Christmas list. It's a fresh pineapple. That's, Trying to keep it simple. Oh, trying to keep it simple. This is not simple. This is, look, I've, you know, Nelson Sal and Lenny Bloom talk radio with Sherman Skolnick. We looked into all sorts of conspiracies. That's also something like a delicious pineapple. I've always been looking around, what are the most delicious conspiracies? And you're seeing, I'd, I'd like to keep this a little bit on the level of levity. Let's not get it too serious, in particular, because when you go through it for a hundred hours, the bottom line still will be, actually, we know nothing. Maybe it's more like an onion than a pineapple. <laughs> uh, yep. But let's, yeah, we'll, we'll end the, the fruit and vegetable analogy there. I think we've taken that about as far as it can go. But let's, let's uh, dive right in here. For those not familiar with uh, this comet, ISON, tell us basically you know, what that was all about and, and why you believe that it's not actually or it wasn't a comet at all. There's been reporting all over. One site is zetatalk.com that there's a cataclysm coming. This is something that an author, Zechariah Sitchin, also mentioned. And there's a huge planet coming in and a second sun and that there will be not a collision with planet Earth but some kind of a cataclysm with continents shifting around, weather changes. I think we have had weather changes earthquakes, volcanoes, and the thing is pretty scary. One thing that I'd like to stress is we don't have to be scared because as far as we know, which is nothing, you don't get scared about something that you know. The unknown is scary, but let's just keep a level head here. What I found out as an attorney, but of course an attorney always looks, is the guy lying or not? Most people are lying in difficult situations. NASA seems to be in a difficult situation, and they're lying their head off. That's what I can say, because they're violating basic principles of astronomy. They've put out all sorts of information, which is good, and then they're drawing the false conclusions from it. I put two videos together at YouTube, one minute and another one minute, and if people want to look it up later five words at YouTube as a search string, pseudo-comet-ison-radiation-pressure. They're making a huge object which they themselves measured at 50,000 kilometers diameter, four times the diameter of Earth. They say it's a comet of one kilometer size. That's absolutely ridiculous. In the YouTube text on the YouTube page of those two videos I mentioned, there's also a link to a PDF at FreakShare. And if you look at a comet, yeah, comets can be 50,000 kilometers big, but they're transparent. And then you see like a little pin inside is the so-called nucleus. 
What this thing is, it's 50,000 kilometers, not transparent, not a pin-sized nucleus in it, but just huge. It has gravitational effects. The so-called tail, which is not a ribbon but a V-shaped wake, should point away from the sun at all time. Johannes Kepler knew that in 1619. The tail of a comet always points away from the sun. And the tail or wake of this thing never points away from the sun, and NASA actually shows it. So that's real interesting. I can say with certainty, if you look at the materials that I deposited, this is not a comet, and so, so on. Just to recap, uh, Stefan Grossman on the line from uh, Germany, uh, an attorney, independent researcher, you're saying that the, um, the, the uh, astral body, that NASA is holding up as a comet does not have any of the characteristics of a comet. It doesn't have a tail. It doesn't have, uh, I, I believe, something that is called, a, is it called a comma? Right. Now, right. It, so... Coma in, coma in a person is when they're, of course, we know what a coma is, but in a comet, the coma is something like a halo, a glowing, transparent halo around a pin-sized nucleus. And, and it consists of dust and gas. And then as the comet travels against the sun wind, that's called the radiation pressure, the sun wind presses parts of the coma out away from the sun, and that's called the tail. And the tail is ribbon-shaped. The tail develops, especially close to the sun, a certain curvature, which is a fingerprint. And that's what a comet is. And we know what a comet looks like. Now, uh, ISON was supposedly discovered, I believe, by a Russian astronomer just last right. year, was it not? Yep, September 21, 2012. And so, what, what would the argument be then, that, that uh, this Russian astronomer uh, was asked by NASA to develop this cover story? Uh, it's a con- Richard, it's a conspiracy. It's exactly... Walk, walk me through then how that would, how that would work. They would, they would convince this astronomer to create a cover story, knowing full well that something else was coming our way, Planet X, Nibiru, and we'll get into a little bit more what, what the Nibiru is in just a moment. Uh, so the, 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 the ground was being laid back in 2012. This, this Russian astronomer was basically told to create this cover story. Is that how it works? Exactly. If, if he was a Russian astronomer, we don't really know who he is. And the images uh, that NASA was was sending us uh, that were supposedly this comet Ison. I mean, is it is it readily apparent to would it be readily apparent to to anyone looking at it that that, that there's no coma, there's no tail, or were they sending us some other image, some manufactured image? Was the were the were the images doctored? Well. There, there's all sorts of things. NASA is reporting two different things. For the science community, in terms that the layman will not understand readily, NASA is reporting the full truth. There's um, a science journal article from January 2013. They show the object as it is, not a coma, 50,000 kilometers in size. They give the analytics. And then in the text... Hi. Yeah, no, we, just have, no, we just have the music coming up. We're going into a break. Listen, we'll, um, we'll take a time out here. We'll yeah. come back. Stefan Grossman on the line from Germany as we discuss the pseudo-comet Ison. Is it, in fact, Planet X? 
We will reveal all when the Conspiracy Show continues. You can jump on board as well. We'll make the phones available to you. Tim, open up the gates. Back with more of the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Hi, my name is Zachary. I'm gonna. I want to sing my my concert song from school. The night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. All the stockings were hung by the chimney with care of the hopes Hello? of St. Nicholas. Soon we'll be there. He's bringing lots of toys for girls and boys. Wait until you see that Merry Christmas tree. So on Dasher and Prancer and Vixen and Donner and Cupid and Blitzen to the top of the mountain, to the top of the wall. Here they come and they say Merry Christmas to all. What is it about a child's voice? Even if they're singing a little off-key, it just sounds so sweet. Ah, Zachary, there he goes. with uh, That's a song he'll be performing at his school's Christmas concert. Thank you for indulging uh, this proud father as we play a few carols from uh, North and Zach, my little treasures. Right now, uh, joining us on the line from Germany is independent researcher and attorney, uh, Stefan uh, Grossman, who's here to tell us that uh, we have been duped, deceived by NASA, uh, and that the whole comet Ison was a uh, the, the whole comet Ison story was a cover. Uh, yep. That yep. Uh, what's heading heading our way is Nibiru and uh, or, or Planet X, as it is somewhat uh, sometimes called. Now, listen, you've got to uh, set me straight here on something, uh, Stefan, and that is uh, early on in December we were told. That comet Ison, uh, as it approached the sun, basically burned up, and uh, you know, sort of problem solved. That was the end of it. What, what? Uh, I mean, how do you explain that? What, what happened with that comet? Um, let me just. Um, this, this is, of course, astronomy. You, you we're in the astronomy part, and that's science, and it's a bit complicated. Let me say again, for people who want to follow up with that later. Go to YouTube. I've put out two videos. Search a string of five words at YouTube. Pseudo, comet, ison, radiation, pressure. This leads to two very short videos by Stefan Grossman, December 13 and 14. Also check the the explanatory text on the YouTube pages. There's a link there to a 27-page heavily illustrated PDF report for free download at FreakShare. The link is on the YouTube pages in the text. Check that later. I'd like to point out that NASA has put out correct information for the science community. One is a two-page article, January 2013, Trigo Rodriguez ISON PDF. You can Google that. Two pages showing a non-coma, a planetary object, 15 arc seconds at 5.22 astronomical units. That is Nibiru, a solid brown dwarf with 50,000 kilometers diameter. But they're twisting their words based on the 
correct data that they publish to make the pub, general public, not the astronomers, to believe, oh, this is just a little comet, a pin-sized nucleus with a 50,000 kilometer diameter coma, but the coma is transparent, and as soon as a coma forms, the so-called radiation pressure, a concept coined by Johannes Kepler in 1619, hundreds of years ago, that's well-established comet science, if there's a coma, the solar radiation blows away part of it away from the sun and forms a tail. This object that's seen in the article, Trigo Rodriguez, ESON, PDF, you can Google that, this object, allegedly a coma, has no tail. That's posh nonsense in scientific terms. Any astronomer will laugh, laugh, but the non-astronomers, the big majority of Americans, of course, they will not laugh. They'll believe what NASA is saying. That's sort of like a shibboleth. That's a bifurcation. The astronomers will know, and the general audience will mistake the correct data that NASA is publishing for a little comet. In addition, of course, NASA and CIA, whoever does that, is publishing a barrage of images that look like a comet. So I told you one authentic photo that is scientific. The second photo is a composite NASA image of the so-called perihelion of ice on November 28. Let me just jump in here uh, because there are a lot of uh, you know yep. astronomical uh, terms being thrown out and, and uh, laymen like Richard. myself. What is a perihelion? That's what called uh, ISON, so-called ISON Nibiru, flew toward the sun, behind the sun, and then came out again at the other side of the sun, and it looks sort of like an oval curve there. That's what's called the perihelion, perihelion because that's the time when this object came the closest to the sun, which was rather close. And we were, told, had, and we were told that ISON basically uh, fell into the sun and, and burned up and put on kind of a, a nice little uh, you know, show log- in, the, in the sky. Logical. Of course, but what you see, like the emperor's new clothes, oh no, the emperor is not nude. What you see on the photo published by NASA, it's on page 9 of my PDF report that I just mentioned, you see a composite of ISON flying toward the sun, then behind the sun, and then something coming out, which is huge. And it's not a comet, and the tail of that thing that comes out from behind the sun is real. NASA explains that, oh, it's just a dust cloud. Totally impossible. Dust clouds are blown away by the radiation pressure of the sun, by the solar wind. And this thing that is coming out after the perihelion, it is huge. It has something like a tail, but it's V-shaped, wing-shaped, like it is reported since ancient times for this Nibiru. And the tail, if it were a comet, it would be pointing away like a ribbon in the direction anti-sun, and it would have a specific curvature. None of those features that a comet would have or that a cometary dust cloud would have are present here. The photos that NASA themselves, the authentic photos, NASA has two lines of reporting, the authentic stuff for the astronomers and then a whole barrage of bullshit for the general public, excuse me, general public, not an insult. This is also authentic, the composite NASA image of perihelion of ISON. What is to be seen there is not a comet, but a gigantic object. It's not this photo that is forged by NASA, but it's the words that are being twisted. 
That's a conspiracy, and it's a massive conspiracy because, of course, as we know, and as Mark Twain know, in the Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court with that um, uh, eclipse there, astronomy can be pure power. That's why the Vatican has always persecuted these astronomers like um, Copernicus and, and Giordano Bruno and things like that. That's the same thing going on, of course, we know from Eric John Phelps behind all this is the Jesuit order and the Vatican. Okay, let me, two questions, two questions uh, uh, come to mind. Number one is, uh, why, if this is not a comet, you know, why tell everyone that it is a comet and why not tell people what's headed our way? And then two, how do you keep something like this quiet? There are thousands upon thousands of amateur astronomers out there with pretty, pretty powerful telescopes uh, who would be able to I guess separate uh, a comet from, or differentiate a comet from a, a brown dwarf that's fifty thousand kilometers in diameter. Well, that's a good point, Richard. I have, I'm an attorney with something like a scientific mindset. Yeah, I like science. I have educated myself at YouTube and on the internet with the help of exactly these amateur astronomers that you mentioned, and there's a big discussion going on. And there are many, I'm not alone with this. Um, I'm just a collector. I'm not a really original. I'm not making original discoveries. This all has been pointed out by people, especially at YouTube. That's it's going on. Then you have all these loudmouths out there, like on these talk radio shows. Uh, I think it is coming out. Well, there is. Uh, let, let's um, let's go back to Nibiru or Planet X, and let's spend a few moments uh, discussing what Nibiru is, uh, Planet X, how that links up to Nostradamus, uh, and of course even the Bible. Uh, yep. let, let's let's begin We're, with N- N- Nibiru. I mean, I, I first heard about Nibiru through the work of Zachariah Sitchin, and, and he yep, wrote about yep. the, you know the, the the twelfth planet and so forth. Let's let's uh, get into that if we could, Stefan. Yeah. Um, well, one first little anchor point is in the book of Revelation, there's an object called Wormwood. And um, it has been pointed out at YouTube by people that the um, Hebrew meaning of the word Ison is something like Wormwood, Star of Bitterness. So that would be one of these word games that they're playing. Uh, I, I heard about it via Zechariah Sitchin, and then there's a heavily disputed website called zetatalk.com. It's operated by a lady in, I think, Wisconsin, Nancy Leader. Leader is spelled L-I-E-D-E-R. And they have been on since 1995. And since 1995, they've been saying that this object reported in the Washington Post in 1983 that's coming into the solar system is four times the diameter of Earth. That's exactly what NASA has documented in this January 2013 article of Trigo Rodriguez, 50,000 kilometers, is four times 12,700 kilometers diameter of Earth. That fits exactly to what NASA is now saying. So Zeta Talk in 1995 and since 1995 scored big. Independent of NASA reporting, they said that since 1995. That's very impressive. Since two... Yep. Yeah, I'm just just going to, to sort of lay it out here for for people that Nibiru, uh, or Planet X, or the twelfth planet uh, that, that Zachariah Sitchin was writing about. This was this uh, this planet. Uh, I mean, he learned about this by translating these Sumerian cuneiforms, 
which revealed the Sumerian creation legend about how humans, I guess, came to be on this planet or how civilization arose on this planet. And it involved this, the inhabitants of this planet Nibiru, which has this incredibly uh, elliptical orbit that takes something like 36,000 years to swing around into our neighborhood, our galactic neighborhood. Is, is that the general idea? That's the general story. I think there's something different. Zechariah Sitchin was a Vatican insider. Most other cuneiform specialists say that there is no basis for what Sitchin said in the cuneiform texts. I believe that Sitchin used that as a uh, pretext to launch a little bit of the hidden information into the public, which the Vatican knows, obviously, um, and, and use these cuneiform texts as a pretext. I don't think it, what he said is in the cuneiform texts. I think what he said is just information sourced from the Vatican for which there was some kind of uh, interest to, to make it public. The time frame that Sitchin used was something like 2040 or so, so his time frame was wrong, intentionally wrong. But the idea is the same, that there is this this huge uh, uh, a planet or a brown dwarf that is coming into our neighborhood uh, or swings by the Earth every 36,000 years. It's not a collision necessarily, but if you can imagine uh, an astral body this large swinging even you know in close proximity to the Earth, it's going to cause what? Polar shifts? Massive uh, climate change, exactly these sorts of things. So that's yeah. that's what's headed our way, and obviously, you know, the uh, the powers that be, not wanting to cause mass hysteria and panic, are going to create this cover story that no, it's just a comet, just a comet. Yes, um, it's not thirty six thousand years, by the way, but three thousand six hundred. My apologies. Every every thirty six hundred years. So so that means we actually have. Like in the Colbrin Bible, in ancient Egyptian texts, we have reports of that. That would have been around 1800 BC, 1600, whatever. The, the, the time is a little bit, the chronology is a little bit uh, amiss there. And that would be the, like the Red Sea passage, the, the, um, when the Hebrews went over the Red Sea, the, the dead, Dead Sea, whatever, and the, sea, the waters parted. The Red Sea, the Red Sea, The time of Moses, that was the prior pole shift. And, and things like that. Uh, but let's not get scared. This is scary information. I don't think there's reason to be scared. That's a very important message. Um, this Zeta talk, which... So I this, and if I could just interject, I think this is an important point. Uh, what you're saying is that even when Nibiru or Planet X or Wormwood swings around uh, again, and that would be imminent, uh, that this is not a planet killer, that this could co- this is survivable. Well, no, I'd like to be very, very careful what I say there. In terms of predictions, astronomy is predictable, and what is happening here is not purely astronomical, because uh, let me tell you what the information is. At zetatalk.com, they have, in 2003, the Nancy leader, she said, now this object is coming, she calls it Planet X, now this object is coming into the inner solar system, and since that time, 2003 until today, 10 years, we have a track record of photographs and videos of the second sun. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I gave you earlier in this presentation a, um, 
a five-part search string, you find two of my videos at YouTube, short videos. Yesterday, when I had a little bit of time, I made a photo show of 10 years of photography of Planet X, like you can see it above the pyramids, above London, above the tower, the, the Eiffel Tower in Paris and things like that. It just gives a feel this thing has been photographed. One of the photos shows two suns by a coastline, and you see the reflection in the water of the two suns and things like that. It looks pretty authentic. This same lady, Nancy Leader, who claims to be channeling Zeta Reticulans, Little Grays, one of them is Skinny Bob. She has a video of him up there. We know them from movies. She says that well before the time when the Death Star comes closest to Earth, the cataclysm will happen. The time when Nibiru, ice on Nibiru, <coughs> is closest to Earth is, according to NASA's own data, is December 26, 2013. That's in a few days. But the information is the cataclysm will happen. This has been out for years. <coughs> the cataclysm will happen well before that time. It was expected in October of 2012, but it did not happen. That's very strange. The explanation for that is there's not only astronomy, there's also a council of worlds that is some kind of a biblical salvation force, and they control everything. That's where it gets really confusing because we leave the domain of pure science. And we head into the world of the metaphysical, the supernatural, perhaps even the divine. Stefan Grossman stays with us. We'll be back with more of The Conspiracy Show talking about the pseudo-comet Ison and the arrival of Planet X here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Ding, ding, dang, ding, ding, dang, ding, dang. Yoli pans din eclisia, ton Christon ya proskinisun. Yoli pans din eclisia, la pia popsa ipana ya. Ding, ding, dang. Ding, ding, dang. Ding, ding, dang, ding, ding, dang, ding, dang. Merry Christmas, Kalochronia. Ah, and that was a little Northy welcoming us uh, back with a uh, Greek Christmas carol and the uh, the symbols you heard there were provided by uh, young Zachary. Good job, boys. Very proud of you. All right, uh, we are on the line with Stefan Grossman from Germany, independent researcher and uh, attorney, uh, discussing the pseudo-comet Ison, which many believe is actually a cover story for Planet X headed this way. Now, uh, in the Bible, you mentioned Wormwood, Stefan. Here it is from Revelation yep. 8. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. Uh, now, that's uh, supposedly, I guess, what's in store, according to Revelation, should Nibiru or Planet X pass this way. And you're saying that it's scheduled to arrive December the 26th, which is, you know, imminent, days away here. Uh, 
Are you convinced that 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 it that it's real and it's coming? And I mean, we're going to see some fireworks. I'm uh, I'm convinced that it's real. Yes, I'm convinced that it's coming along the trajectory of so-called Planet Ison. On NASA website, there's a very detailed uh, animated image that shows the path of planet Earth, of Venus, of Mars, and of this object, which NASA calls Ison, which I call Nibiru. And according to that trajectory, at the NASA website on December 26th of this year, the object will be the closest to Earth. Yes, that, that, that part is true. That's scientific. But as I told you, the cataclysm was already predicted on a scientifically minded website, zetatalk.com, who reported since 1995 the correct size of the object, now confirmed. And the cataclysm was predicted, not by them, but apparently by the establishment. That's inside information. It was predicted for October 20 plus minus 10 days of 2012. It did not happen. That's very strange. That's the strangest thing of all. Yes, if, 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 if in fact uh, Nibiru is as large as is being claimed, we should have felt its effects here on Earth, as you say, over a year ago. If its, if its arrival is only days away, I mean, we should be in the throes of some you know, major cataclysm now. If it's going to happen, it would have happened. Absolutely. And I, I have no doubt that I have read the astronomy correctly. I mean, I'm not alone in that. The amateur astronomers point out this point and that point, then I take that and follow it up. That's how I've put my information together. I'm just sourcing the amateur astronomers. And they're right. They have good arguments. But it's not happening. That's the really strange thing. It's beautiful. But, of course, as we know, it's not over yet. Astronomically, things can still happen in January when the wake crosses the uh, path of planet Earth. So this is not over yet. Astronomically, the question is, why is nothing major, significant happening? And that's where we get into prophecy. Uh, I have four, four major steps of prophecy. It's the Bible. We know about that. Bible prophecy is very well known. Then, lesser known, the manuscript corpus of papal vaticinia. Those are papal prophecies. This so-called lost book of Nostradamus is not a lost book of Nostradamus, but is a papal prophecy of Vaticinia. History Channel looked that up. It's on YouTube, the full documentary of Vaticinia, Nostradami Vaticinia. They say it gives a prediction for October 2013. <clears throat> An alternate reading is December, the Christmas days of 2013. Let's skip that. The interesting one is Nostradamus. He speaks of two sons. They will shine seven days. He speaks of end of the world in 3797. I uncode that and say it means 13 to 14 and relate that to the change end of year 2013 when it turns into 2014. That's in my paper. And I say that the 23rd, the night of 23rd to 24th December is the start of something at the end of the seven days of the shining of the second sun, 
um, details in the paper. That's too detailed for a show. All right. And I've, I've I, actually uh, – uh, I'll just jump in here. We're going to take a break. But I have yeah. uh, on my Twitter feed, I've put up the link to your PDF. Thank you. Uh, Thank so you. people can reach, research that for themselves. Uh, back with more of my conversation with Stefan Grossman joining us live from Germany as we discuss the arrival of Planet X. Batten down the hatches. This could be a bumpy ride. Hi, my name is Zachary, insert family. I'm going to play Jolly Old St. Nicholas. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Welcome back. Stefan Grossman stays with us from Germany talking about uh, Planet X and Nibiru. Pick your term. Uh, the idea here is that NASA has been lying to us about the pseudo-comet Ison uh, in order to discredit Nibiru. Now, uh, Stefan, no good conspiracy uh, comes without a death list. And uh, when it comes to uh, this one, we, we can go all the way back to, I believe it's 1993 now, 20 years ago. There was an astronomer by the name of Dr. Robert Harrington, who worked with the, uh, at the, um, I believe it was the U.S. Naval Observatory, and he may, may have been in New Zealand. Uh, he is credited by some as spotting Nibiru and uh, was supposedly murdered, depending on who you talk to. Some say, no, he died of cancer. Others say, no, he was murdered. And then, very recently, four days ago, we had this retired Villanova professor, astronomy professor, who was stabbed to death in Germantown in Philadelphia uh, by the name of, I believe it's Catherine uh, or uh, Carol, Professor Carol Ambrewster, uh, horribly murdered, stabbed. Uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, and there may be others that I'm missing here, this, this uh, supposed death list connected uh, to Nibiru, these astronomers being killed? Oh, Richard, that's terrible news. My heart bleeds for these people. That's, that's devastating. As you say correctly... It's, it's an established modus to um, kill microbiologists, whatever here. It's the astronomers in order to silence them. It's just a standard modus of operations. And there's something behind that, obviously. And the timing of the second one in, you said, just, just recently, four days ago, that's highly suspicious. There's something major to cover up there. Uh, the... The uh, the idea that this planet X is approaching and yet we are not experiencing these cataclysmic events, although some attribute recent earthquakes and tsunamis and so forth to to the approach of of planet X. Uh, what are you hearing about about that? I mean, can we look back at certain recent uh, uh, weather patterns, storms, earthquakes, and can they be? I mean, can we make a logical uh, connection to the approach of Nibiru. Well, with the weather, let's let's talk about weather phenomena like these snowstorms. There is technology today. Harp, um, Colonel Tom Bearden explains it in his books. There is technology available to the Pentagon and to the Black Budget Projects that enables to 
create artificial hurricanes, snowstorms, and things like that. So that could be man-made. A climate change at large, I don't think that can be man-made, and we definitely have a climate change at large. The, the fall guy for that, so to say, the conceptual fall guy, is global warming. Global warming has been attacked so in such a qualified way that I don't think global warming stands. One little example was the so-called ozone hole. I think last year or early this year, there was a short report, oh, the ozone hole has closed. Very strange. My inside information is that there was um, nuclear war going on in the Antarctic, not reported, and from all the nuclear fallout, that's what caused this ozone hole. That's something that was man-made too. But if you take the climate at large, this shifting, this mixing up and scrambling of the four seasons into something that's a totally new weather pattern, that's not man-made. I think I can be quite confident in saying that. That would need an outside cause. Also, there's a German engineer called Zilmer. He's written books. This change of climate patterns is happening on all planets in the solar system. Certainly, the use of spray cans on planet Earth cannot explain that. That needs a um, cosmic explanation. That can only point to a large, massive, not-comet planet X. Uh, secret nuclear wars going on in the Arctic under our very no, nose. No, 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 no. It's been stopped. There are no more nuclear weapons. They've all been decommissioned by other forces. Uh, if you read reports about nuclear weapons today, there's no more such thing. But years ago, um, when the ozone hole opened, yes, that was a nuclear war. At being fought at tremendous cost. That's where a lot of this money guzzled down the drain. Another That's remarkable. For, That's remarkable. Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to meet your sources because you've got some uh, some interesting sources. This is coming to you from intelligence uh, people in the intelligence community? Yes. Remarkable. And and I put it together with photos like at Zeta Talk where they show this um, this flight opening. You know the best contact T case that was documented was in the 80s. Elizabeth Clarer, Clarer, K L A R E R, of South Africa. She came out with her contact story that was recorded by the uh, South African military, was reported in newspapers, photos in newspapers, and things like that. She was picked up to a different star system of um, Alpha Centauri. Those are people, they told her details. Also, they have a base in the Antarctic. I believe they were the target of that nuclear war. Okay, put it together. Take Make of that information what you want. All right, listen, let's go to the phones here and grab a quick call. Uh, Joe has been very patient waiting in Hamilton, Ontario. Joe, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Go ahead. Thank you, Richard. Perhaps I can shed some light on this uh, Planet X or whatever it is that is uh, is out there. Um, recently, or not, not too long ago, I read a book, uh, Volume 4, Witnesses of the Cross, by uh, about a French visionary from Nozul. She's responsible for putting up uh, these huge crosses all over the world. Anyway, God the Father revealed to her that there would be a... a, a, a amorphous, uh, uh, gaseous mass that would approach the earth, and it would cause a great drought, and uh, it would be, the heat would be so intense that pipes would burst inside houses. And uh, 
I believe this is what uh, the planet Icon, Icon is. It's that approaching uh, uh, gaseous mass that God the Father was talking about to this visionary. All right, interesting. Uh, Stefan, your thoughts on that? And, and, wow! 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 Know. Thank you for thank you for that information. It's new to me, and I, I I keep learning every day. And I'm not infallible or anything like that. I've never claimed that. Come on! Thank you for that information. A brown dwarf, by the way, could be an amorphous gaseous mass, sort of like planet Jupiter is a gas planet. All right, Joe. Thank you for that. It sounds like, from what you're saying, and what Joe was saying earlier about this gaseous cloud, that this is some that, sort of a that, harbinger. Is that what? You're left to conclude that what we're looking at is a harbinger from some divine source here? Well, astronomically, it's not a harbinger. It's it's a menace. True, but as you say, we're not experiencing the cataclysmic events that we ought to, and so perhaps we're being shielded uh, in some way. Well, let's go back to Bible prophecy or the Bible. It's very often mentioned this thing will come, or the cataclysm, whatever, will come like a thief in the night. That means... In one minute, everything's okay. The next minute, it's there. So that would fit that kind of pattern. If we'd have years of real forewarning, that would at least violate this Bible prophecy. It comes like a thief in the night. Is not referring to the second coming. Second coming. I mean, this would be the second coming if if there's a... For example, there's a channeling. I wanted to get to the 20th century prophecies, which are not yet recognized as prophecies, but uh, there's Tuella, for example. There's from the Ashtar command, Ashtar, the, the archangel Michael, allegedly. There's a document called the Project World Evacuation. In 1977, in England, there was a TV transmission with a dire warning. It's called the Vrillion message. That's also... Maybe you've heard about that. I have, and I've heard that. I mean, it is re- it's and, alleged and so on, that's a complete... So uh, that, 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 prophecy uh, prophecy well, is going, going on to this day. There's a book by Michel de Marquet, the Tia Uba prophecy, that's apparently also f- sponsored by the Archangel Michael. There's a scene in there in beginning of Chapter 4. Uh, uh, they meet a comet, but it has a happy ending. That's some kind of a dramatic narrative. Those are That's modern prophecy, and that's the most up-to-date prophecy, but that's the prophecy that is spoken of the least, strangely enough. The Bible prophecy is old, and it's very generic, and this is highly specific. And even after you go through that, at the end, my conclusion is, like always when you talk to a lawyer, you, you actually know less than before. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Don't be so hard on yourself, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> okay, listen, we, well, we, I, we, we should mention again that the, um, your PDF, uh, your presentation, which is uh, available on YouTube, uh, people can can uh, type the following five words into the YouTube search engine, and those five words again are pseudo, comet, ison, radiation, pressure. You get to two short videos uh, by Stefan Grossman, December 13 and 14. You find my YouTube channel that way, of course, and there's a third video there. And if you look on the YouTube text. On the YouTube pages, there's also the link to that PDF. And I've uh, also uh, sent it out on my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett, uh, with a link to the PDF as well. And, well, I guess uh, we'll uh, eyes all eyes on the sky, and we're in for quite a show if this uh, comes uh, to fruition. We should see something quite spectacular. 
just uh, the day after Christmas. Stefan, thank you for this. No, 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 no. No? Night, night of the 23rd to the 24th of ah, December. Not that's the 26th. My, okay, the 23rd that's what to the I get out of. That's what I get out of Nostradamus. All right, Stefan, great to meet you, and um, we'll, we'll talk again down the road, I'm sure. Wonderful. Richard, thank you very much for having me. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas, my friend. Tim Spreen, thank you for production. Back next week with a brand new show. Thanks for being a part of this one. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.